Today on this episode of Going Deeper, we have something very difficult to tackle. Faith works. Which one matters the most? And can you have one without the other? I'm your host, Kyle McCaskill. Chris Winterman. Becky Clark. Join us as we go deeper. So today we finally move on from Paul, primarily, like the focus being Paul, to the apostles' teachings, which uh, these readings, many of them will be very familiar to probably, I would imagine, a good many people as they're reading through these, because there are some of, there are pieces in these that are much more common to hear in in the middle of, say, a sermon or a Sunday school lesson or something like that. Uh, But I have a feeling that that's not all that we're going to talk about today. Very likely. (laughs) (laughs) Very likely. These these uh, scriptures for this week are uh, really well known in the sense of like, so you've got the first Corinthians love passage, Mm -hmm. which is almost every wedding. Yeah, eight and, out of 10 weddings I've officiated. Yeah. We've read that. <laughs> right. The love passage. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. Uh, or, you know, it's isn't part of it on every, if you buy like a Christian uh, um, Valentine's, you're going to get the love. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> you know, that's... That, it's not really, again, nothing wrong with that's that. That's one of those passages well, no. that's really straightforward like it it really Mm -hmm. doesn't require a lot of exposition now Mm -hmm. it might require a lot of introspection to say okay Mm -hmm. am i patient am i acting kind Mm -hmm. am i seeking what's good for myself but as far as needing to exegete it or give some crazy background or some depth it's really straightforward Yeah. yeah yeah Again, not a bad thing. No, no, no not I a mean, bad thing they, at all. We need those things. I, I think God knew uh-huh. when He was, yeah. you know, God breathing through the the, the writers mm-hmm. of the the passages. He He knew that we would need these little bits. That okay, this is what it is. It says it. Yeah, plain and simple. It's going to translate into every language out there just fine. So go ahead. Mm-hmm. And, yes. In every culture. Yeah, I mean, everybody can understand that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What I think in reading through the uh, the readings that we have for this week is there's a lot of theme in all of them about what does it look like to love like Christ, to follow Christ. And there's the passage in Second um, Corinthians, and I think in Peter it also talks about um, – what does it mean to be uh, reconciled with Christ uh, and dead to yourself and alive in Christ? That's a, a lot of the themes in these readings. And then what that leads to is what I'm proposing we have a chat about, which I think is one of the harder things to understand, is faith and works. Yeah. And the the fact of um, what does it really mean to have faith what do good works of God mean? Can you, and, and the passage of scripture asks it in James, can you have faith and not works? Can you have works and not faith? If you have works and not faith, are you a Christian? Can, can people say that or, or what? So, and there's a debate about faith and work. And mm-hmm. there's a, there's a, I think there's a struggle with people of, and a struggle with different denominations um, and different camps of um, work gets you to heaven, 
or just faith gets you to heaven. Right. Um, and a, a lot of people say, well, you can't, you, God is not going to receive you until you've done X, Y, Z of a checklist. And I think we work uh, mm-hmm. as Christians a lot of times like there's a checklist, just yeah. like we work with the idea that um, there are things that we can't do, which is n- not what the law was about. It wasn't about the things that we can't do, although we live in that perception often. Right. It, now it's this idea of a checklist of things we must do mm-hmm. instead of who we must be. So, that's my proposition of what we're going to chat about. Faith and works. Well, I, I think uh, it was probably, I know it was J.D. Walt at some point. It's been years ago in one of the seedbed, uh, the, the daily text uh, themes that he was going through. He, he had this whole idea of being versus doing and mm-hmm. becoming mm-hmm. versus being... Maybe I'm re- oh, we're like butchering J.D. Walt's awesome really, quote. It's really, really terrible. But yes. but the idea is that being outweighs doing, mm-hmm. and so and I think what he meant by that was something like being obedient outweighs the doing. Mm-hmm. You know, being submissive to Christ and and choose, wanting to become more like Christ outweighs just the doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you made me nervous. Y'all looking at me like I got a third. Well, well I'm waiting to hear Chris's thoughts. Uh-huh. So, so my 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 thoughts. Um, we're, we're so we are going to go back in church history now. Yeah. The Catholic Church at one point, and, and and let's just say this: the Protestant Church, the Catholic Church, the Orthodox Church, the Church Church has gotten it wrong over history multiple times mm-hmm. i mean we we as as imperfect as sinful people have let things other than the spirit of god guide our decisions mm-hmm. at the church mm-hmm. so let's acknowledge that so i'm not throwing a particular shade at the catholic church but the catholic church in the past uh w- was doing some things that were very bad one of those the selling of indulgences mm-hmm. saying okay it, you know if you spend enough money you'll get to heaven or saying, if you do, bop, 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 bop. And, and the Catholic Church preached works really hard. Mm-hmm. So Martin Luther comes along, and, and most people listening probably have a, at least a vague idea of who Martin Luther is. He was the first reformer. He nailed his 95 theses to the church door. said, look, this isn't okay, this isn't okay, this isn't okay. Martin Luther was a big, it's by scripture alone guy. Mm-hmm. The, the, the theological phrase sola scriptura mm-hmm. and sola fide, scripture alone and grace alone. Yeah. Salvation is by grace and faith, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not by works. Mm-hmm. Right. So Martin Luther actually was recorded as not decanonizing the book of James because he didn't have that authority, but he didn't like it. Yeah, he called it the epistle of straw. We actually, yeah. we actually discussed that last week. Uh, so, so last week, Doug kind of go back pointed, to last week's and yeah. listen to it. Yeah. Well, he just pointed towards. We didn't really go into it, right? Yeah. Uh, because he very graciously led us into this conversation, <laughs> right? Uh, right. So that we could have it. Uh, because yeah, I Luther and, <laughs> didn't and like it. Nah. And there is this there is this very significant scriptural idea from Paul, especially that you can't be good enough, mm-hmm. right? So in Ephesians, you know, it, you're saved by faith, or you're saved um, by faith through grace, and mm-hmm. even the faith to believe is a gift from God. It's not something that we produce. Right. 
However, Jesus spoke frequently saying, you know, guys, the, the proof is in the pudding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't just talk a good game. If you're really who you say you are, then live it. Yeah. And he said in the Sermon on the Mount, you'll know a tree by its fruit. Right. Yeah. So if you go outside and you see apples on a tree, whether or not you knew it was an apple tree, the apples are what tells you. Mm-hmm. I, I probably couldn't tell you what an apple tree looks like unless there were apples on it. Yeah. yeah. I, I grew up in Florida, so I know what orange trees look like. I, I know what it looks like to see miles of oranges on orange trees. Mm-hmm. But it is the fruit that identifies the type of tree. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, orange trees cannot produce apples. Okay, so now you fast forward again to Paul and Paul does what I said in a previous podcast. You can read Paul almost like he talks out of both sides of his mouth, but what I feel like he does is he walks the tension mm-hmm. yeah. perfectly. Paul is a, was a master at creating a logical argument and forcing you into a place where you had to see and arrive at where he was at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he does that kind of on both sides. Okay, though the law's not bad. We need the law, but the law can't save us. What I want to do, I can't seem to do. What mm-hmm. I don't want to do, that's what I do, so I can't be good enough. But now there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But is is grace a license to sin? Absolutely not. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think James here now, so we're, we're back to this. James is basically a show me, don't tell me kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, there's there, there's not. You know, I um a couple years ago now when Joe Burrow transferred over to LSU, mm-hmm. Joe Burrow um, quickly took over the starting role and started to do very well. And I heard him in an interview and they asked him, well, how did you how did you get everyone's respect? How did you do all this? And he said, you know, I wasn't going to come in and talk. I just came in and said, I'm going to be first in every drill. I'm going to be the first one there, the last one to leave. I'm going to work the hardest. So he was going to just show them who he was mm-hmm. yeah. rather than talking mm-hmm. about who he was. Right. And to me, there's substance to that. So in James, he talks about that. He says, look, how can you say you love God and then treat someone else poorly? Yeah. How can you say you're following Christ and yet fail to do these things? Right. So... Now, Martin Luther doesn't like this book that much, but generally a school of thought, whether it's religious or, or scientific or any other philosophical, it's generally a pendulum swing overreaction to the errors of the previous school of thought. Mm-hmm. So Martin Luther, okay, I, I know this is going to sound really arrogant. Martin Luther, I think, overreacted a little bit uh-huh. to the errors he saw in the Catholic Church. Well, I don't think there's anything arrogant about that. Well, I'm not trying to contradict Martin. I mean, Martin Luther's Martin Luther. He can't stand up for himself. He's no longer with us. That's right. (laughs) Well, this is also a guy who used to go out into the snow and flog himself for his own sins. So, so Martin Luther, I think he overreacted a little bit. Mm -hmm. He, He saw something bad. This salvation by works, which is not a scriptural doctrine. Correct. So he overreacted. Now you get John Wesley. Now look, John Wesley is my favorite theological guy ever. <laughs> and I didn't grow but up in the- he didn't like James either, right? No, he did. Oh, yes, okay. yes, All yes. Right. So, so I didn't grow up in the Methodist church. I didn't grow up in church. Yeah. And I didn't come to the Methodist church until 2009. I was 30 years old. And when I got there and started learning Methodist theology, I was like, 
wow, this is, this is the way I've always kind of felt, but I never had the vocabulary to express it. And then I went to seminary. I was like, wow, this John Wesley, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So what John Wesley did was he took the absolute best of every theological tradition if he found it in Scripture. Mm-hmm. So he yes, was a yes. scriptural dude. Now, now he yeah. read he read philosophy. He mm-hmm. read mystic writings. He read mm-hmm. everything, but it was scripture for Wesley too. If Wesley, it if it couldn't stand up on scripture, that's right. Right. Wesley yeah. said, "Give me one book. Yes, yeah, right. Let it be scripture." Mm-hmm. And the idea that the Wesleyan quadrilateral—scripture, reason, tradition, experience—tradition, um, reason, and experience are not on an equal plane with scripture. No. No. They're lenses through which we interpret and understand the scriptures. That's yeah. Right. If if my experience trumps scripture, well, my experience is wrong. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I had to I had to get that out there. That's okay. <laughs> that that needs to be said. Yeah. I think. <laughs> so that's not saying that we can't interpret scripture wrong and realize it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And experience can help us see that, but it still comes down mm-hmm. to Scripture. So John Wesley says, look, it's all about Scripture. And John Wesley said, yes, it is all about grace, and it is all about faith. Mm-hmm. But John Wesley said, if that faith doesn't produce these works, mm-hmm. then it may not be valid. I mean, John Wesley was a big one to say, if your faith isn't changing us, right. Mm-hmm. He asked this rhetorical question, what good is it for God to forgive us of sin, mm-hmm. but then not give us the power to live free from sin? Right. And he felt the same way about good works. As a matter of fact, John Wesley was accused by some of his contemporaries by preaching popery, not popery in the baskets, but <laughs> like Roman popery is what they called it at that time. Oh, okay. Right. Preaching salvation by works. He John Wesley was so much of a show it and do it guy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because he preached to the Anglican church. He never wanted to leave his beloved Anglican church. But he did call them triflers. Uh He preached Mm -hmm. the sermons to them, Awake thou that sleepest, and ye almost Christian. (laughs) (laughs) So you can imagine why they didn't like him. Uh But he said, look, you're not doing anything. You think just because you've been baptized, he said, even just because some of you think you were born Englishmen. Yeah. That, that you are right. And he's like, no, you've got to show that God has done something in you. So for, for John mm-hmm. Wesley, a real relationship with God, an encounter with the Holy Spirit is going to produce something in your life. Yeah. And that something must mm-hmm. be manifest. Yeah. So, so if, if we have an, a genuine encounter with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. with the living God, mm-hmm. and we are not compelled to move because of it, then I would say that we did not actually have an encounter with God. I would, I would, I would say this. Um, we talked a couple weeks ago about the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yes, we and, did. And the thing about fruit is there's a season. Mm-hmm. So, something should be different in us. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, some things take time to develop. So we can't expect it all at once. We can't expect, okay, I'm going to go from being Chris to being Moses. <laughs> now, we, we shouldn't compare to other people in general, but, but what I'm saying is, is there is a growing curve for us. And I think God moves us along as we're able to move. Now, do we have an impact as to how quickly we can move? Sometimes yes. Sometimes maybe no. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes 
when you're when you're when you're gardening when when you're when you're cultivating that the, there there are different terrains there are different factors there and some things take longer than others so i wouldn't look at a person and say just because you haven't overcome this or just because you're not doing all of this to discount but i would say and i think the word you use is good kyle compelled if mm-hmm. it, if nothing is different mm-hmm. then i would i would if a person says to me i have met jesus christ i have encountered the holy spirit and nothing changed i would say I would I would encourage them to evaluate mm-hmm. the substance of that meeting. Yeah. Because encountering Jesus Christ, encountering the Holy Spirit, God, should leave us different every single time. Yeah. And if it doesn't, yeah, how how valid is the encounter? Mm-hmm. So so James is saying, look, it's not about what you say. It is about how you live your life. Mm-hmm. So so for John Wesley Works don't save us, right? But being saved genuinely, which is a process, mm-hmm. it is a mm-hmm. moment, it is a process, and it is something yet to come. Yep. If it doesn't produce good works, mm-hmm. then John Wesley would say, "I'm not sure you're in that process." Yeah, and John Wesley also, you know, as he as he kind of created the Methodists, mm-hmm. I think part of it was this idea that there is a method to. Uh, your walk with with God that um, you are continuing to put in in front of yourself the works that need to be done based mm-hmm. upon the things that you were learning about God. So you know the the small groups that he had, the little meetings or whatever, were the where you learned about God, you grew closer to God, and then you were supposed to, as a Methodist, you had serving. And you mm-hmm. were supposed to serve, and mm-hmm. a lot of that was going to the prisons and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, feeding and the poor. The Methodists that led was, the charge in workplace reform, uh-huh. in educational reform, yep. in um, in healthcare. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Methodists the Methodists led the charge in the abolition of slavery. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's interesting what you said with, with the Methodists. So John, even before he formed the the, the movement, right? John Wesley and his friends would meet at yep. the regular time, do the same things, bada mm-hmm. bada bada. The right. people said, yeah, class meetings. Look, class at meetings them, yeah. "Look at them following those methods. They're a bunch of Methodists." So it was, it was right. meant to be it was an derogatory. Insult. He didn't like it at right, first. Right. He, 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 he didn't was like not it. <laughs> a fan of the Methodist because it was a mean thing to say. Yeah, that's right. So, but it ended up being so amazingly accurate. Yeah, because the yeah because he's living in what you said this idea of what James is tackling really throughout the whole book, but very specifically what we read this week of this idea that to follow to follow God and to be in a real relationship means that there are actions that really flow out of that. Which we're all sitting here as parents, mm-hmm. and we know that to love our children doesn't mean that we just sit around and you know on the couch and just stare at them and be like i love you yeah. we provide for them and we, yeah, spend you know, time we, with them we, we do spend thing. time I with mean, them that's... and we and we lead them and guide them and we have expectations of them as well mm-hmm. um and and our love for them so there's work involved mm-hmm. in our love now do we expect so much back well of their children so we can only expect so much right but i think on the on the coin of god he expects and hopes and prays 
that we love him and have relationship with him. And I also believe that he expects and hopes and prays that we have work that continues to speak to others of who he is. And Mm -hmm. how can you do that if you're not doing anything? Well, Jesus said to his disciples in John's gospel as he's preparing to leave, he said, look, I give you a new command. Yeah. It's to love each other. And he, he, he said this is the way the world's going to know you're my disciples. Not by how much stuff you have memorized, mm-hmm. not by checking off boxes, but loving each other. Okay, so now the world will know you're my disciples by the way you love one another. Well, how are they going to know that? How can they quantify that if there's not something tangible for them to see? Right. So this idea that tangible works have to be there. So mm-hmm. I think I don't think it's so much that faith and works are in opposition to each other. Mm-hmm. I think the order is what is paramount here. Mm. I'm not doing these works so God will love me. Mm-hmm. I'm doing these things because God has loved me first and now I feel this incredible desire, almost a burden yeah. to show other people the same love. Right. And that's in John's first epistle. He says, look, if you, if, if you can't love your brother or sister, how can you say you love God? Mm-hmm. So, you, it, 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 there has to be this tangible mm-hmm. expression. Mm-hmm. So, faith to me that is genuine, in John Wesley's estimation, I agree, will naturally produce good works. But, but, but again, here's the thing. It's not about clenching our fists and gritting our teeth and being good enough. Yeah. And it's not about proving anything. Mm-hmm. It is simply about a natural outpouring. Yeah. I think too often we don't look at God in the lens of a natural relationship. When I say natural, a human relationship. Let me let me rephrase that. Like you said, you mentioned the children, or, yeah. or you know, all three of us are married. You spend time with your spouse because you love them, mm-hmm. but because you love them, you want to spend time with them, and you. You may have preferences, I have preferences, but you want to do things that are going to make them happy too. Yeah. yeah. And if you never do anything that caters to your spouse, your marriage is not going to be that healthy. Mm-hmm. So there's this reciprocity that occurs. God made the first move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it Always was big. Does. Like, like, yeah, like John Cusack yeah. holding the boom box, right? Uh-huh. That's, that's, that's Jesus out there saying, <laughs> yeah. look, J- Jesus' expression of love... Yep. was undeniable and it is okay I'm gonna try to I try to create a new word every time <laughs> unignorable <laughs> is unignorable uh-huh. a word it, I feel it like it's a contradiction me. but okay <laughs> it's Jesus his his God's expression of love through Jesus Christ was so brazen and so bold you can't ignore it mm-hmm. you have to do something with it mm-hmm. and since it was so public and so out there, we see it. We accept it. It, it moves our heart. Mm-hmm. And now James says, okay, if you want to return the favor, it's not as much about the private stuff you do for God. Mm-hmm. It's got to manifest towards other people. So again, linking it with the words of Jesus, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, you're a light. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether you know it or not, whether mm-hmm. you want to. He didn't say go be a light. He said you are a light. And I think that's a that's a faithful translation for the Greek. Yeah. We are inherently a light, mm-hmm. and we're going to shine somewhere, or we're going to try to hide the light under a bowl. 
Yeah, so here's the, this is the important uh, distinction about your relationship with God is very individual, but we always have to remember that it is also communal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it, and so, what you just said about, you know, so if you're sitting at home and you and God are doing really good, and you're reading the Bible and you're praying, but are you doing really good because you're not connected to anybody else? And mm-hmm. there's nothing, there's nothing else fruit wise except you and God. And I would say it kind of grieves God's heart mm-hmm. because He created us communally mm-hmm. to be for one another. He and created then, us to impact the world around us. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Jesus said, you know, go now and make disciples mm-hmm. to the ends of the earth and all that stuff. And yeah, be Acts twenty nine. And that do, that that doesn't just mean go and tell them where they're wrong. Yeah. It, it, what it means is, is go and live life with them mm-hmm. and show them by your works. Mm-hmm. See, uh, elsewhere in, in, in Peter's epistle, he says, you know, just do good, be a good example, try to live at peace with people and do good things. He said, rarely are people going to think badly of you or get upset with you if you're out doing good. Yeah. Well, and <clears throat> if we step back to uh, the First Corinthians 13, the love chapter, yeah. Uh, our our tendency to water down the concept of love mm-hmm. in our modern culture. I, I know I harp on this a lot because it's it's the world that we live in, in which we live. <laughs> um, but but it's this world that that we live and move and breathe in that just kind of waters down this idea of love. But mm-hmm. when we see God talking about love, when we think about the love of God, that is a love that is lived out in action. Mm-hmm. Right. It is we, not feeling. Yeah, we're, we get too caught in the emotional love mm-hmm. and we are very um, emotional driven yeah. in our world mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. probably maybe even more so right now in the United States of very high emotion. Emotion rules everything. Mm-hmm. I make decisions based on all emotion. The problem is that emotion is fleeting and therefore can, can also fool you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so God didn't, God loves, but God loves and an action, action love. I go back to, you know, you were talking about the things that Jesus says. I just, I get stuck on when Jesus is talking to to Peter at the end and he, before he ascends and he's like, love my my children, yeah. love yeah. my do, sheep. Do like, you love me? You're, right. If you do, you do this. You go take care this of my- This is how my, you do that. That's right. You go take care of my people. Yeah. Here's the way that you're going to, here's how you show me your mm-hmm. loves, you go do. Well, And, 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 and if you notice in James- you know, James is consistent with actually God's commands from the Old Testament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the Old and the New Testament, mm-hmm. God has been very big on how we treat people with less power than us. Mm-hmm. That That's a huge thing to God. Yep. And the book of James tells me, he says, the pure religion to care for the orphans, the, widow, the, the people who are vulnerable. Look, the, the world, quote unquote, needs to hear what the church is for way more than they need to hear what we're against. Yeah. Nowhere in the Gospels does Jesus say, all right, go stand up and tell the world how wrong they are. Mm-hmm. Right. Nowhere in the epistles. Right. As a matter of fact, Jesus' correction came to religious people who were abusing power. That's right. The epistles from Paul and the others, their corrections pretty much came towards people who said they were believers, but 
lived a different style of life. Yeah. But but again, yeah. there are people who claim to be believers in the first place. Caring for orphans and widows, taking care of people who are vulnerable, mm-hmm. to me, is one of the purest expressions of love because they're not people that we're expecting anything back from. Mm-hmm. Jesus, as the nails are going to his hands, prays for forgiveness for the people doing it. Yeah. He doesn't say, God, forgive them and they'll stop. Mm-hmm. God, forgive them so they'll turn and worship. Jesus invited Judas to communion. Jesus showed love to everyone, especially those who couldn't offer him anything in return. They had nothing to give. So when we look at it, though, what do we really have to offer God mm-hmm. that, but our lives? Yeah. That, that's, that's it. Kind that's, of everything. Yeah, that, 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 that's all we have. That, I mean, yeah. it's all we have, right? but it's all we have. Right. So it's the same thing here. Tangible expression mm-hmm. of faith. Yeah. Something you said reminded me of that... Uh, Oh, the, the wonderful saying, God helps those that help themselves. It's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. That so many what? people say <laughs> this. So, so maybe, maybe it would be better stated as God helps those who can't help themselves, and we're supposed to help everybody else. God helps those who can't help themselves, and that includes all of us. Yeah. Right. Because we mm-hmm. couldn't save ourselves through our works. Huh? But they can produce them. And yes. Mm-hmm. But so how how did God help humanity ultimately through Jesus Christ? Mm-hmm. And who now has that ministry? Who who did Jesus pass the torch of his ministry to personally? Us. Us. Well, when was it? It was uh, a few weeks ago where Jesus says you're, you're gonna do even greater things. Uh-huh. And that yeah. and that, and that doesn't mean that doesn't mean, okay, you're going to go out and do a bunch of crazy miracles. Although it could. It could. It totally it could. could. It could with the power of the Holy Spirit. We, I'm still waiting for the moment to be right. I'm going to make a mountain move. So, <laughs> so I knew, I knew, well, not for your own good, no. but for the God, for God of all creation. Right, yes. right. I knew, uh, I knew a. Uh, but it would be cool. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. I knew a clergy person in another denomination who told me every time they were at a a funeral service and and they had the casket and the body there, they'd walk by and they'd lean forward and go, "In the name of Jesus Christ, stand up and walk." It's <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> but but yes, so so. We are called to, to be God's mm-hmm. help to yeah. other people. Now, granted, we're not going to get on the cross because our sacrifice isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. But we don't have to because Jesus already did It's already did been it. done. Right. However, they still need to know that. You, so I've heard this said, your life will be the only Bible that some people will read. Mm-hmm. Your face will be the only Jesus that some people will see. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that right there, James saying, mm-hmm. go and care for these people. That's doing it because there there was no self-aggrandizement in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And serving the least of these is a way I think for us to show no desire for self-elevation as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do it without the spotlights on Yeah, the the I think one of the most important things and it's really in almost all the readings for this week too is that you do it 
in in the name of Jesus. So mm-hmm. they need to know why you do it, where it comes from. Yes. And, you know, I've also, people have said, I've heard the, the saying, and I, sh- I really struggle with, um, people, people will know just by your actions. Well, they will largely, but you have to tell them yeah. it's because of Jesus. Right. You got to <laughs> tell them you do it. Because of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. You and, know, and if you don't, then they don't hear, they see good things. So, so I was, I was a part of a denomination that took that too far. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, okay, we're going to come to your country and we're going to give, bring you some medicine and dental care, right. but you're going to listen to us talk about Jesus before you get it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. while I, I, I agree, they need to know who we're representing. Yeah. I've seen it go too far yeah. where, where it, it, it's almost become a manipulation tactic. Um, I, I, I went on a mission trip to uh, inner city city in the U S once. And they said, look, if you, you know, if you're out handing out groceries, you'll see these hundred people come up and get saved. Right. And then two hours later, when you're handing something else out, the same hundred people will come up and get saved because they think that's going to get them something. Yeah. And, it, it it is a shame that we're at a place where they feel like they have to say and do the right things to receive that. Yeah. Having said all that, I I hundred percent agree. Jesus said, "Let your light shine, so they will good de- see your good deeds, and glorify your Father and praise your Father right. in heaven." So yes, we should be shining towards Christ mm-hmm. with every good work that we do. You know, if you're if you're doing with the intent of of loving people well, I feel like people ask the questions of why would you do this? Yes. And you get to say, well, it's because of Jesus. You know, we mm-hmm. had a college group when I worked at Wesley and they called one day and they were working with an organization on a mission trip. And they said, this is an, a really awesome nonprofit Christian organization and they feed all these people, but they never tell them about Jesus. And we asked them why. And they said, well, we don't want to offend them. And it's like, okay, but you're, the reason that you're doing it is because you feel called by God right. to meet the needs right. of people. And yes, if you shoved it down their throat, that's wrong. If you told them they couldn't eat any food until they heard the message, right. that's wrong. But if they're sitting in there and they're eating and you're chit-chatting and they say, why are you even doing this? Then why would you not say? Because yeah. God is because God yeah. has given me so much and mm-hmm. because you have a need that we can meet and because he loves you why would you say not say that right and they scratch their heads of like <laughs> why wouldn't this organization right take that opportunity as it's given and, and, and see but that but that's the thing but they were walking that line of I don't want to shove it down right. their throat and I want to mm-hmm. be extra sensitive well but, I think it's I think it's I think it's motivation too if if I am telling them about Jesus Christ because they need to know how wrong they are, Mm -hmm. then I don't need to do that. But if I'm telling them about Jesus Christ because he has done things for me that could not have otherwise been done, and he can do the same things for them, if I want them to see joy and peace and and fulfillment, one of the greatest compliments I ever got was um, when I was a youth director and and I I was going to a school and I was tutoring slash kind of life coaching a young man in middle school. And um, uh, we would just meet once a week and we'd talk. I'd help him with some of his subjects. We also had to talk about life and how to, how to deal with certain things. And um, he asked me, he's like, well, what do, you, what do you do after about three or four meetings? He said, what do you do? for?" A, I said, well, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a youth director. I work in a church. He says, you know what? I thought you were a Christian. Just, just the way you've talked to me and helped me. 
Hmm. And I said, well, yes, I am. And I, I just, to this day, I, I tear up thinking about that yeah. because of all the times I've gotten it wrong, yeah. mm-hmm. at least once yeah. I've shown love and it pointed someone to Christ. Mm-hmm. So I, I was just so happy that happened. But, but I agree with you. When you, when you meet a need, we are trying to point them to Christ mm-hmm. who can meet deeper needs than we could ever meet. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think there's much more to say today. You got I mean, the, you get the two extroverts on the podcast. That's right. That's perfect. I, I don't think we've got much more to say. So that brings us to the point when I have to ask you out there who are listening that we want your questions. You've got one more week to submit your questions for our final Q&A session that will be coming out after next week's episode, which is our final E100 podcast episode. Can you believe it? I'm sad it's all coming to an end. We have made it. It's weird. (laughs) We have made it almost to the end, and you've made it almost to the end. And if you're not already subscribed, you should be. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's how you get notified whenever we make new comment uh, content. So, in that, send us your questions to askgoingdeeper at gmail.com because we want to hear from you. And make them really hard this time because <laughs> we really want to stump Chris and Doug. Yep. We, we want them to scratch their heads and say, hmm, I don't know. Oh, I'll, just, I'll just make up an answer. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs> but like I said, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, hit the notification bell. That way you get notified when we upload these every Tuesday. And also, if you're on Apple Podcast, give us five stars. Five-star content, no doubt. And if you feel so called and led, write us a review. If you're not on those uh, podcast platforms, you can also find us on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Podcasts. So follow us wherever you get your podcast content. Yeah. Five stars. The number of stars I would give to the Star Wars prequels. Five stars. There's my controversial statement of the day. (laughs) Five stars. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next time. (laughs) 